folks, back in the Boston Man show with my representative, Mr. Dixie. District 54, Alba House, Nashville, says you all know. He's my rep. And I talked to him about Jason Shea, ETSU, and Tennessee politics as well. Vincent, good to see you, man. I'll tell you off the air, man. That's when I saw you. Took my grandmother to vote. They bought a library, man, to vote for you. So, so that's when I saw you. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. And I'm glad you were able to come and take your grandmother to vote. You're a great grandson. So I appreciate you doing that. We need more. Not only did you take her to vote, but you got the chance to vote, too. We need more young people getting out to vote. Yes, sir. And, and Vince, I want to talk to you, man, because Coach Shea's a friend of mine. And, you know, he's been on my show multiple times, a great man. And he got forced out by ETSU and Scott Carter and Brian Nolan and the sponsors pulled the cars and forced because he still his black players who wanted to kneel. It's a first, first amendment right, Vincent, to kneel and protest, protest peacefully. And because of politics did not align with the sponsors and mm -hmm. the senators up there, Rusty Crow and John Lumberg, you know, he's forced out. And to me, Vincent, mm -hmm. on the right, as long as you're give, doing their narrative, it's okay to protest if it's against something that they are about. But when we protest black lives or, you know, something of conscience or Asians or whatever, it's a problem. And just the flag, mm -hmm. but you can go protest the know to stop off to steal, but we can't protest our safe our lives. So, what are your thoughts on this whole situation, mm -hmm. Coach Shea, and how your colleagues made this kind of go down the way it went down? Yeah, I, I think it's unfortunate, and I think it's uh, when you talk about abuse of power, that's a very uh, huge. It's a very good example of abuse of power. Senators had no business intervening in that. Um, you know, like the, you, the I think it's the um, 2018 women's, U.S. women's soccer team is a quote they, they always quote, they always say, positive change doesn't happen unless it has to, right? We wouldn't be where we are today if it wasn't for peaceful protests. Um, so they don't want us to, to, to protest peacefully. Um, they won't, they, they categorize anything we do as violent and we're not violent. Um, we're just saying, listen, we are protesting the violence against us. And that seems to be an issue here. So when someone says they're disrespecting the flag, I, that's cold word for mm -hmm. I don't want to deal with what it really what the real issue is because I know that I can't handle it. Yes. Um, because I'm not ready for that conversation on race yet. I'm not ready to say, you know what, there are some disparities and that black people are getting killed at a at a, 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 a an accelerated rate by police officers um, for these stops. And I think that Coach Shea did an excellent job. It shows his integrity and his character um, of, of who he is. And just think about what he sacrificed for that. Probably all his life, he wanted to be a, a head coach. Yes. He finally got a chance to be a head coach. And he's standing by his players, teaching these young, these babies, these kids, how to be men. Yes. Stand up for what you believe in. Hit your voice. He sacrificed all that for them and for what he believed in. And for that, I don't, I've never met Coach Shea a day in my life, but he's my hero because he put his money, he put his money where his mouth is. He said, Look, this is what I believe in. I'm gonna give them a chance to, to hear their voice. And he lost his job because of that. And he still took the high road. He never threw ETSU under the bus. No. He never said, listen, this is what's really going on. And because I understand he wants another job somewhere else because he didn't get a chance to do anything. And if anybody says, oh, it was about his record, they went from a 30-win season to 13-12. and 12. Well, he lost 12 of his uh, of the 15 players that were coming back. 
So he had a whole new program, whole new system coming in, new coaches, new everything. So one year is not a measuring stick um, for a coach, especially in any in any any sports. Exactly, Vincent. And it was also, it's a COVID year. So they couldn't start oh, practicing yeah. until yeah. later, uh, restrictions and protocols. So in a COVID year, it competed real well in their conference, you know. So he was getting building the thing up. And, you know, he, like you said, took a stand. He's on the right side of history, Vincent. Like uh, uh, those on the other side, like Representative Lund uh, Senator Lundberg and Senator Crow and Joe from John C. Hahn, all those people. They're on the wrong side. And, you know, Coach Shea will get a job somewhere else. He's, people respect him in the coaching, coaching fraternity. He's got a lot of fans because of this. Because, you know, when you stand up for what's right and take the fall, years from now, he'll come back and say, hey, I did the right thing. I didn't sell my players out. Because if, if, if he did that, it would all transfer out anyway. So either, he chose the right side rather than the wrong side to save his own self and keep the money coming in. He ain't coming in. Right. No, I appreciate what you're doing. And like, so what this, I, I see, you know, I have a, I'm actually, I'm trying to set up a call right now with the ETSU president. Cause I, you know, I'm going to be fair. I want to hear his side of the story. I don't, you know, I, you know, like I say, they say it's two sides to every story. Then they, well, three sides to every story. Then that's the truth. Right. So I, I want to talk to him. I want to understand why he did this. What, what I want you to explain to me, even though there's no explanation, you can do this, especially after Joe true, true, Trulio. Got on. Did you see his interview that he did with the local news um, last week? And you know, basically, he said, "Yeah, I did." And what? So what? Now, now what? And you know, and when you sit up there, you talk about it from military family. And I'll go back to this example that that I give you. My father-in-law, he is seventy-nine years old, but after college, he was drafted and he went and served two years in Vietnam. Right? He came back to a country that didn't respect him. That he couldn't even vote for. He had served two two terms, in I mean two tours in um, in Vietnam. So he came into a country that he could he could barely vote for. Had struggled. That didn't respect him. Now, if he don't have a problem with people kneeling for the flag, how the hell does a white senator have a part? How does anybody white have an act have an issue mm -hmm. with him doing that? And I take I take a, uh, I take exception to when people say that well black people. Are being racist. Black people can't be racist. We can't. We, it, it, in the definition, we no just way. can't be racist. We have no power to, to have that consequence to hold you back because of your color. Or it is. We have no economic power, no in judicial power can hold you back because of your race. You have that power. You recognize that. And all, all we're saying is, listen, we just want to be equal. We're not trying to take what you have. We just want to be equal. We're fighting. We're still fighting for the same thing that Martin Luther King Malcolm yes. X fought for 50, 53 years ago to yesterday that he Martin Luther King was killed, right? And actually, yesterday was my mom's birthday. She passed away in 2018. So two great things, two things, two memorable things happened on April, April 4th on that day. My mother was born and Martin Luther King was killed. And so those days always stick out to me. And we're still fighting for the same thing. Yes. Right? So I, I want to put this in perspective for you. Is that you have to think about it back in the back in the people who were being raised in the 50s or when this was going on in the 60s, their kids are now my age. Their grandkids are probably my age, right? Their grandkids in that age that want. So what I was trying to tell people, you're I'm raising, even though I have two teenage daughters, I'm raising my grandkids because my daughter's gonna teach my grandkids some of the things, the good or the bad, that I taught them. So 
you think about this, we're only two generations removed from civil rights. Yes. So those they taught their grandkids to be um, biased and have these inherent biases and, and inherit racisms because they think that's how it's supposed to be or they haven't been exposed or even talked to many black people to understand like what's going on. So we're really just two generations removed from civil rights. And people make it seem like civil rights, the civil rights movement was hundreds of years ago. No, it was 50 years ago. Yes. And people don't realize that. And so, yes, we still have to battle through this and we're going to get through this. And this issue of what we have and what we see in Tennessee and Georgia with the voting issues and trying to depress the vote, it was all good. There was no problems with voter registration, any of that stuff until we came out to vote. Yes. And once we came out to vote, oh, that has to be a problem. Why would this many black people and, and brown people want to vote all of a sudden? It must be something wrong. No, we're just tired and we know that we need to exercise our vote. And once you start to educate people that the vote has power, you yes. see what happened. Yes, and you know... Like, now they're trying to take it away from us. Yes, and you see here in Georgia, like, you know, Atlanta Braves uh, in the city of Atlanta, well, Cobb County, Cumberland, Georgia. I want to be really... It's not even Atlanta, it's Cobb County. Lost All-Star game because of Brian Kemp's law. And when, if Georgia's law said Bill 202 passes, we know what they're going to do in your legislature as well because we, we know how that is. And Bill Leo mm -hmm. signed it, you know. And, you know, I go back to when Reverend Barber was a TSU and called out Billy to his face. Because you can't put out your Dr. King because you little Dr. King so don't go with his agenda, you know? And, you know, all these Republicans talking about how they're, they, they're Christians and conservatives, but Jesus Jesus was not a conservative. You read what Jesus was about. <laughs> he wasn't a conservative, <laughs> you know? So, I mean, all these different things. And I'm, I'm, 30, I'm 34 years old, Vincent. So I, I'm a millennial. I'm trying to get people my age and younger to get engaged because we have power. We have to use mm -hmm. our power because that's why Georgia is changing. You know, Tennessee will change eventually. We have power. You know, America's browning. We we will be the we'll be a majority minority country here in 2043. We have mm -hmm. to put the seeds in now, Vincent. We have to push back against all this oppression, systemic racism. It is, we have to break its back. You know, right. and get it to a point where we can be on a, a level playing field. Where for me, you, your kids, and my kids, we'll be of a great world as a country to live in. No, man, you, you said a mouthful right there. Yeah, I mean, a real mouthful. But we have some work to do. And, and I, I, I think that we, we probably have discussed this. So I'm the chairman of the House Democratic Caucus. So I'm actually the first black person to hold this position ever, right, in the state of Tennessee, ever. That's crazy. In 2021, saying I'm yes. the first black to do something, that's ridiculous. But my goal is to, I don't think we're going to get to it to be a total blue state. But not only just because I'm an Omega, but we got to turn this, this state purple, right? Yes. And so my job here is to get the ball rolling. You know, it may, I might not see it in my tenure here at the state legislature, but my, jo my job is to start the infrastructure to, do, to, to make that happen, right? To start to build those alliances everywhere from the grassroots organizations all the way up to the state senate and everywhere in between. We have to be working together. We can't work in silos anymore. We got to pull together, take egos out of it, don't care who gets the credit because we got to see that this 30,000 foot view up here is what we're trying to do is try to make it purple. Yes. Because right now we're in this super majority that they have. They don't even need us to come to work. That's why you see a lot of these punitive and oppressive laws that are being written here in Tennessee um, because they're, they're just, they're not equitable. And you know, every day, every, every morning when we are, we'll be right before session, we pray, right? We pray. You touched on this Christian values earlier. And my thing is how could we, go and pray and say we love the Lord and we need to be 
our brother's keeper and we need to look out for each other. When when they have made the word socialist, uh, socialism, a bad word, right? Mm -hmm. Socialism just means I want what's good for me to be for my brother, which is Jesus was the ultimate socialist, right? Yes. But that's been such a bad word that so right now we can't do that. But every day we get up and pray for this five minutes and we, we're all on the same page. Now, all of a sudden, then as soon as that, as soon as we say, amen, we go back to our corners, just like a, a boxing match, right? And it's like, all right, come out and fight. And it's, what are we really doing here? Are we really here to make people's lives better? Or are we here to promote division and try to make sure that one group always has an advantage over another? You know, so we, our goal is to make everyone's lives better. Right now, my goal for these next two years, my, our, our, my motto is, how do I put more money in people's pockets? How do I put more food on the table? Yes. How can I ensure that if they get sick, they go to see a, 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 a good qualified doctor? That's all I want. That's that's my message. All this other stuff about voting, you know, I mean, trying to depress the vote and they're doing passing transgender things. Um, they're doing a lot of things that are that are hurting people, that are that are really hurting people, but nothing to help. And so I was like, I, I need people to wake up. You know, I feel like uh, like Spike Lee. I want to yell, wake up! Yes. You know wake up! Yes. Wake up. What are you doing? Who are you? Why are you continually putting people in office that don't even have your best interest? If we expand Medicaid or take the, 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 uh, the money that's coming down from Biden's uh, plan, that will help so many people. And it's not even Black people to help. It is the more rural white yes. people. But they're are they they're so blinded by this that they they won't they won't do it. I had a bill, and I'm still gonna try to work with the governor to get it done. But it was gonna be a six month, um, basically tax holiday, and so grocery tax, uh, you know, relief of grocery tax. Mm -hmm. So you know how much that would save people over six months. You know that that's a lot of money, and we can afford to do it because we have over six billion dollars in reserves here in Tennessee. But we, why do we have all these massive stockpiles of reserves, but people are still out here hurting? That makes no sense to me. Let's give some of the people that money back, just a little bit, not even a lot, just this much of it. And then let's let them help people get back on their feet. Yes. And then the company's going to come back, but we got to help them get on their feet. But people still vote against their interests. And they just need to wake up. I have no idea why you do it, Vincent, because as you said, man, like, you know, if people realize, like, the rural hospitals in Tennessee are closing because uh, my mother was on 10 care. So I know how it all works, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, if 10 mm -hmm. care was expanded, so many people, Tennessee could be covered and not be sick. You could say the rural hospitals in like McKenzie and way out there towards Martin and up north of Bristol, Jonesboro. You know, you can mm -hmm. save people, you know, but. It's all about just having the power and playing culture wars to divide people. You know, mm -hmm. it's all about that culture war. Oh, they're going to take your stuff. No. I said the problem is that conservative Republicans do not want poor blacks, poor whites come together and poor browns come together because they know that, that that's their butt. That they, they, they can all come together and figure out the game. We're screwed. And as a Republican Georgia said, if all of them vote, we, we, can, we can't win any more elections. You're right, because your policies are not good for people. You know, if people just look yeah. at them for what they were, they're not good for people. And if you're going to use your political power to force a coach out because he disagrees with you politically, that's just if it's on his First Amendment rights. But he's not going to sue you for it, but he could, because that's what you did. Mm -hmm. 
Right. You know what you said that you said a mouthful right there. You know what, you know what poor people, poor white people and poor black people have in common? They're both poor. Yes. You know what I mean? And if we understand that we got to get out of this, you know, we have to get out of this mentality, this black, white, we got to do what's best for each other. Um, Coach Shay's um, issue, this, this, this situation is, is very unfortunate that this happens in this, in this day and age. And I want people to pay attention to what goes on here. Right now, it's not as overt as it has been. Now it's getting back to being overt because of after the Trump administration, people will be like, hey, I don't like you because, yeah, yeah, yeah. or they'll call you the N-word and do all this other stuff because they're blatantly, they're, they're afraid. They're not afraid to get punched in the mouth anymore, right? They just think that because normally black people, we're probably the most forgiving group of people on this planet, right? We turn that, we turn the cheek, we turn the cheek, we turn the cheek. That's just what we've been taught. We just, we're just the loving people. And we have to get back to this thing of where everybody loves one another. And we see, you got to see through these policies, right? It, they're not, they're not just blatantly racist, but if you put them all together, you see that they are hurting a certain segment of people. And we have to wake up for that. And we got to call that out. I mean, it's my job to call that out. They're like those senators, those 27 senators that signed this, this bill, all 27 Republican senators signed this to set up some kids to say, your job is to play basketball, shut up and dribble, or that's what your job is because we're paying for you to go to school. Yes, that's great. But what I encourage them, I would encourage any kid, don't come to Tennessee and play, especially if you're black. Don't come to Tennessee and play. Don't, don't come here because they don't value you. If you want to come to play somewhere here in Tennessee, let's go to HBCU. Let's go to Tennessee State. Let's go to Lane. Let's go to Fisk. Let's 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 choose those colleges, Knoxville College. Let's let's bring those back. Let's go back to the days when we couldn't play in the PWIs. Let's go back to that. Let's let's make our HBCUs the powerhouse they once were. Because let's be honest, we we're who they come to see to play. That's why they tell you to shut up and play basketball. That's yeah, what we're, you're we're, here for. We're, we're the entertainment. You know, right. Yeah, we'll, right. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see these these darkies for us better, like a better word, beat up each other and compete mm -hmm. like like savages. Right. Let's just be real with it, because yeah. like let's just be honest. In here in Georgia or Alabama, they they see these black kids play for the Bulldogs and the Christmas and the Tide on Saturday. They can get them. They don't buy them on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, rest of the week. On, on Saturday, as long as you winning for my team, I don't care about. Well, I don't care about your issues, whether you eat, whether you can do anything. We just want you to score touchdowns for us and our team. That's all we care about. But what we can do, what we do with the power that we have is that we can mess with their money, right? Because think about it, the, most of the, and I, I'm going to say the institution, they don't, it doesn't care until you mess with their money. You mess, as we say in the black community, until you mess with the church's money, then you got a problem, mm -hmm. right? But that's what I'm saying. We need these athletes, like for instance, in Mississippi, they got how, it didn't take them but two seconds to change their flag once the athlete stood up and said, listen, the running back stood up and said, I, I can't play here anymore. And then he had other people stand with him was like, until we change this, we can't, we can't play here. Guess what? It changed because he was going to mess with their money. Yes. And that's what we have to do here. We get boycotts are very powerful, but we have to stick together. And if we can stick together and we start to make show a dent that this is why we have a lot of disposable income as, as black people and the people that are our allies. If we use that to our advantage and we start to take money out of these PWI institutions and away from some of these businesses like the uh, Johnson City Honda, Honda mm -hmm. stop buying from there, then guess what? 
I hope that they drive him out of business because of this. And you know, then you go and maybe maybe he can sustain his 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 uh, support from his base. But that's he's shown his true colors. And, when I, and like I said, I keep going back to this when he's talking about when you say that uh, he came from a military family and the flag means a lot to him. That is some bullshit. Because Very my family has that. My dad was in the Air Force. My brother retired from the Air Force. My other brother was in the Navy. My father-in-law was in the Army. You know, he, you know, he retired. You know, from there as well. You know, in the uh, uh, the reserves from there after he after he did his active duty. So you can't tell me that the flag don't mean something to us too, right? Yes. But we now, so so don't use that as an excuse anymore. And matter of fact, we don't even have to play the national anthem before the games. Let's stop doing that. There's no reason, there's no rhyme or reason why we do it. It's just, it's just something we've always done out of tradition. Exactly. So, yeah. but if we really want to do anything, let's address the real cause. Do we have a racial problem here in the United States? When people see me or you, they see, and that's why I dress the students as kids, because that's what they are. They're kids. But when they're out in these streets, they see black men, mm-hmm. but they're kids. And they should have the opportunity to be kids and express to make this world better because they um, they see some injustices and they don't want to grow up in a world like this. And they want to make change. And we're the older people are holding them back saying, no, we don't want that. We don't want that. So, you know, I, and I was just watching a thing on, on CBS about all the contributions that black people have made to society. And, you know, just it's like basketball, for instance, with John McClendon. He invented the fast break. I mean, the way that we play basketball now is the way that he invented this back in the 40s, yes. 30s and 40s. I mean, that's crazy. And they used to call basketball monkey ball because they was actually the way his style of play, they called it monkey ball as a derogatory, derogatory mm-hmm. term in this. So th- we fought through all this and we're still only two steps ahead and, and, and I don't even know if we're really two steps ahead we're getting more access to scholarships because of this and it's making people lives better but at the end on the same time we're not really treat, being treated fairly and given the opportunity um, to express ourselves if, if need be well Vincent I'm gonna be fighting the good fight with you let me know you have my phone number let me know I can come out there and that's what I will I could have a house there still if you need me to be out there with you man I will come on the show and talk about what the progress because I have answered listeners too you know I'm here in Atlanta but I still keep an eye out to Tennessee because my family's in Tennessee keep an eye on that always man because I've got politically engaged now I'll be honest with you Vincent I've lost seven sponsors but I've gained 12 since I started talking about politics but <laughs> it's funny. I lost it by a game in 12, so obviously it didn't hurt me very much, obviously. I'm still pushing along, fighting a good fight. But it's funny, Vince, when I start talking about the, the non-brave Hawks and Falcon stuff, I lose sponsors. But when I talk about something that pertains to me as a man, once I get off this radio and get, leave the stadiums, I'm a black man in Georgia. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like, hmm. I talk about something that pertains to me, it's a problem. But same with those young men in Coche. The same issues. You know, when mm-hmm. you talk, when you make them uncomfortable, they want to counsel you. But they're about counsel culture. That's counsel, counsel culture because you don't like what you're, you're hearing from me. Then you want to take off my soft radio, which is we didn't have it, but you tried. Well, I think the best way to get back is let's get them back at the at the ballot box, right? Let's get them back. Let's that's 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 the ultimate power right there. Because you see who who makes the laws, and you see right now you've seen the the the, the white male privilege. It, it play and 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 
live and in color right in front of you. Just fold it out with this Coach Chase, Coach Shea incident. So what are we going to do? Are we going to continue to let these people stay in office and do this? Or are we going to replace them? Because guess what? The people are our boss. I could get fired any day, right? I get, I'm only here for two-year term. I always tell people, I don't have the deed to this office. I'm just leasing it. Mm-hmm. So when my lease is up, I got to turn over to somebody else. It's time for their leases to be up. And I need people to hear this. And let's start. Let's start moving that way. No doubt. Hey, if you're coming here once a month to talk about it, Vincent, I'm open to it, man. Anything I can do to help you and, and bang the drum and help Tennessee progress forward, man, I'm all in, buddy. Because like I said, I have a house there still, and I still care about seeing Asheville and Tennessee a lot. Yeah, actually, your house is right around the corner from my house, actually. So, you know what I mean? So we're, we're, we're neighbors, really. <laughs> Uh, so definitely, um, man, I, I'm here. I'm here for you all the time. I think once a month would be great. Let's just get it on the calendar and let's do this because I don't know whether we're going to make some changes to bring awareness to it, man. And then t- once we bring awareness and teach people how to actually make change, because if you don't educate people on this, people give up hope, man, because giving up hope, a hopeless people are dangerous people. And we have to give people hope to understand, listen, we can do something together. Great here. We can do something great. And like you say, we can, Georgia started the ball rolling. Now it's time for Tennessee to get on board. You know, yeah, I'm Vincent. I'm all in, buddy. We'll do that for real, brother. I said, hey, good to talk to you. My now my neighbor. I know you're my neighbor. That's even better, man. So, but I come to town, I'll let you know I'm in town. We got to get, get together, man, real soon, buddy. All right. I look forward to it, man. Thank you for calling me. Man. Thank you for reaching out for um, Thank you for everything you're doing for Coach Shea. Like I said, I never met him, but I want him to know that he has my full support. And if there's anything I can do for him, his family, his coaching staff, do not hesitate to reach out to me. I forward you his contact information as well, too. After I, I forward you his contact. So you have his contact information. Hit him up. And I'll tell him you're going to hit him up as well, as well. So you'll know you're going to let me talk to him because I know he'll love to hear from you. All right, I appreciate that, man. You take care, man. You and thank you again for all that you do. Because we all we need you too. I'm trying my best to make a difference, Vincent. I'm trying my best to help help Georgia, Tennessee. I'm trying to help all people, man. This radio, the Lord gave me a show for the last nine years. I'm using to try to use it for good to help project the right message to people to get people to, to enact change and be better and be about the betterment of people all around together. That's what I want to see. It's betterment for everybody involved, man. Uh, I got one last question for you before we leave. So who won who won the verses last night? The Aussie brothers, in my opinion. <laughs> the Aussies, in my uh, opinion. I, hey, I'm an Aussie man, man. Them songs be hitting, man. They've helped me out. I love, I love Earth, Wind, and Fire. But Steve Harvey talking too much, Vince. I didn't want to hear about your stories, man. I didn't want to hear about you. When you got your bicycle and went to go get the guys, bro. I did not care, Dark Queen Duck. I want to hit Florida and feel. <laughs> I think that it was, um, it depends on your age range is who, who won to you. Cause I'm, 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 I'm leaning toward the Osley brothers, but my brother, he's a 10 year, he's 11 years older than me, but he's all about earth, wind and fire. So I just think that it we're like, you could tell that Steve was a little earth, wind and fire. He is too, way, right? he way matter biased, fact, but, <laughs> but matter of fact, my brother's name is Steve as well. So, but, and so they're in that, that age range that, that was, their guys, you know what I'm saying? So I understand it was great. That was probably one of the better ones that I've seen. That was that was a real grown-up show, and I pre- we need more of that. We need that, more. Of that. Hey, I'm looking. I got a voice. I was singing all night, man. I'm 
I got a voice. I was like, I was like, I'm talk to you today because I was singing my butt off last night because the Hawks okay. played the Warriors last night and I'm doing that. And I'm listening, watching the first thing and I'm like, oh my god, I got to talk to Vincent Dixon tomorrow. Oh, man. And, you could have just put the questions in the chat. <laughs> It's all good, man. Hey, thank you for your time. We'll talk to you real soon, buddy. All right. You too. Take care, man. All right. Bye now. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.